Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode 52, currently recording this on May 10th, 2020 at 1047 a.m., and uh, I believe the last episode we recorded was in April, pretty early April, actually. And uh, needless to say, there's been a big change on the channel on Blue Catch Productions, a new show I got going on called 30 for 30. Pretty exciting, pretty hype, I think. So we'll be talking about that as well as whatever else I can think of because I haven't really planned this, but that's kind of par for the course for this show. So, hey, you do what you got to do. But yeah, welcome back to Aiden on Anchor. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're cozy. Hope you're keeping indoors. Feels like this quarantine situation is never going to end, but they are starting to slowly open up a few places. Uh, Maybe a little too early, honestly. I'm still not for sure if everybody should be going out, but you know, um, play it by ear. Kind of play it safe. Still be wearing a mask, probably, even when they open places up. Still kind of, you know, wash your hands and all that stuff. Um... Just kind of wait it out a little bit until we're for sure, for sure. Because, you know, a government can't really tell you uh, the effects of a virus. <laughs> you know, that's kind of science's job. So we should probably listen to that. But, uh, yeah, I've still been staying indoors for the most part. I have gone out a couple of times to see family. Um, we got together for Mother's Day. Mother's Day weekend was a thing. And so Saturday and Sunday, literally all day, all night doing Mother's Day stuff, making food. I've had brunch. I'm not I'm not usually the type of dude to, like, sit down and eat brunch. Like, I wake up, and I'm either eating lunch or just dinner. Very rarely do I have spacious room for anything brunch-related. But it was epic. It was a mix of uh, sh- shock, I know, but breakfast stuff and lunch stuff. So there's, like, sausage and breakfast casserole and ham and all sorts of wacky shit. But it was really good. And then for uh, dinner that night, we ended up having barbecue. And man, love me some barbecue. I know, haha, Aiden from the South eats a lot of barbecue. But I'm telling you, barbecue, if done right, can be something, uh, a, a holy experience, uh, 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 a fucking spiritual experience even. It just lifts you up and you feel like, damn, I can do anything now that I've eaten this barbecue. You can put barbecue sauce on it. You can put mayo on it. You can put salt, pepper, whatever you want. It's hard to really fuck it up. Uh, as long as you get that good barbecue, you're all you're all in store. And so I ate a shit ton of that last night. I got home, tried to record a 30 for 30 that didn't go out, but whatever. Do what you got to do. And uh, yeah, now I'm here. And then I'm like, oh shit, it's already Sunday and a non-anchor has to go out tomorrow. So I got to like actually record one of these things. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Uh, but I figured I'd go ahead and give you a recap as, as to what I've been up to for the past couple of days. The other major thing that I've been up to is that new show, 30 for 30. Let's talk about it. Uh, it's basically 30 reviews in 30 days. Um, each season has a theme to it, and the theme I ended up going for for season one was the Sega Genesis. And so that's what I'm doing from May 2nd all the way to May 31st, 30 Sega Genesis reviews. Um, from a bunch of different games, popular ones, not popular ones, and just anything I can really get my hands on. I have a list of games that I really want to hit for sure, but there's still some spaces for some wild card games that I haven't even written down yet. I'm only at like 25, 26 roughly. So there's about four more spots of games that could potentially sneak in here or there. 
as well as whatever like weird format stuff I want to do with it. But uh, yeah, 30 for 30 has been fun. We've been doing the show uh, for about seven or eight days now. So there's a lot of content up already. Um, and apparently Zach told me this and this was crazy, but apparently I've already passed the 2019's uploads simply based off the <laughs> doing 30 for 30 alongside the, the new stuff I've already done this year. There are already more 2020 videos than there were 2019 ones and we're only in May. So that's a pretty good sign. Uh, by the time 30 for 30 is over, we'll have been pretty far away from beating uh, 2019's uploads but that's cool that's good to know for me because I always do say that I want to put more out and I want to put more out all the time but very rarely does that actually translate into visible action well this time it actually translated into visible action so that's cool uh, the show is very fun to do I'll tell you that it's very energizing to just wake up each morning like play a game maybe write some notes or review on a google doc or a notepad or, or anything get the camera set up and film it edit it for maybe two or three hours upload it and then do the same thing tomorrow uh, it's almost a bit of a cycle for sure but you're always doing something different you know you're either doing like a new ad which people seem to really enjoy and that's awesome or you're talking about a game you haven't played in years or you're, or you're talking about something you've never played through before and i'm also like Figuring out how I review games, what I need to change, what I need to fix, how to how to better edit these videos and do it in a quicker time. And it's just like, it's a challenge for sure. It's a lot of energy to put into one specific thing. And I don't know how burned out I'm going to be by the end of it potentially, but we're still very much in the early stages of it. Getting close to the halfway point, uh, the 15th episode mark, that'll be really cool. Uh, but needless to say, I've been super happy with the progress that's happened uh, you guys seem to be liking the show and watching the show. A couple of them have already reached 20 views, which is my like landmark for a, for a successful video. And so I wasn't expecting any of the 30 for 30s to go that high, but a couple of them already are, which is good. That That's telling me that a couple of them are like legitimately good on their own, and it's not just people watching them in the context of the show. Like People are actually connecting with some of these. And I got some bigger games, of course, coming up that I know are going to pop off, but it's hard it's hard to judge like nostalgia for sega genesis games uh, i'll say that because like um, a lot of people in my community have not played the sega genesis at all typically i focus more on pokemon or if i'm not talking about pokemon i'm talking about nintendo stuff and if i'm not talking about nintendo stuff i'm talking about modern stuff uh, it feels like the sega genesis is the furthest away from what i actually cover on the show so I wasn't sure how many people were going to be interested in a lot of these games um, but I think that's actually played into my favor because nobody really knows a whole lot about any of them right they're always just sort of oh I've never heard of this game before or, oh this game is weird so it's always a new surprise every time because like they don't know what I'm going to review I haven't published the list anywhere they have no idea what order I'm covering things or what games I'm going to talk about so it's always a legitimate shock to be like oh wow uh, one of these? I've never heard of Bonanza Bros or Alien Storm or... Oh, I've played Columns, but I would like to hear like an actual video about it because uh, th this is the other thing too. A lot of these games haven't been covered. I mean, there are a few for sure, and there are a lot of older videos, but nothing really of like my style, I don't think, uh, outside of the big Sega Genesis hitters have really been covered a lot. And you can definitely tell that's the case because every time I try to make a thumbnail... 
for one of these games, it's always a pain in the ass because, like, the logos aren't available online. I have to hunt down the sprites and, like, edit them out and put them in there. Backgrounds are always up in the air. I'm very rarely ever going to get a background for a thumbnail from the game itself. And that's just because people don't upload any of that stuff, you know? I, I, I guess I'm used to being in the Nintendo community where all aspects of its history are properly preserved and that they're all available online and that even the NES games are still talked about till 2020. Sega, that's not really the case. Um, there is a fan base for it, for sure. And there's a lot of people that have nostalgia for it, but very rarely are they active in their admiration a lot of the time. Um, because I can't find anything <laughs> from any of these games. Um, so that that's that's kind of tricky. But you know what? I, I find a couple of resources. I put these thumbnails together. Typically maybe in 30 minutes or so. And, and let me tell you, that's been an entirely different challenge. Because I'm used to having so much time to meticulously craft a thumbnail the way I want to. And now I'm rushed under a deadline to try to get a video out. And I'm like, oh shit, alright, um, uh, some text, uh, sprite here background does this look good no maybe blurred a little bit uh running out of time all right upload upload the upload the thumbnail just upload the thumbnail it, it really just forces me to like be creative in tough situations and there's so many limitations to just how the show works and the fact that there's a time limit on it that it really forces me to like be creative, be active, be productive all the time. Because if I take a break at any point, chances are I'm ruining my chances to get a, to get a video out. And uh, yeah, I, I've actually stuck with it. I've gotten a video out every day, except for yesterday. But that really wasn't due to anything of, of my doing. That was, again, Mother's Day weekend, just feeling like it's going on forever. Hopefully we won't have an interruption like that for the rest of 30 for 30. I'd like that to be the only day where I didn't get one out. But, uh, yeah, you know, it can happen. It can honestly happen. I gotta, I gotta do a little bit of a better job at getting ahead. I, I think when I, when I do season two of 30 for 30, I'll probably record a couple before the series starts. Um, just because I'd like to actually have a little bit of a gap and a buffer in case things go poorly, like it always does. But, uh, yeah, I had, I had no idea I wanted to do 30 for 30 at the start of May. It was like a, it was like a May 3rd, 1st idea. Um, May 1st, I'm like in the shower, I'm like fucking vibing, you know, I'm washing myself and I get a couple of ideas and then one of them was the idea for 30 for 30 of like, oh, let's review 30 games in 30 days, that'd be a fun concept. Um, everything from the logo to how the videos were structured to the part one and part two to the text to the thumbnails, the whole style and aesthetic of the show, that all happened during May 2nd when I recorded that Altered Beast video, edited it together, and uploaded it. That was just sort of when it all came together and when I actually did it. The style just simply came from me being under a time limit and in rush. So I did all that, and then I just had a formula to go with, and I stuck to the formula, and, and here we are all, the, all these days later. Of, of course, I am trying to really make sure that each episode is unique from itself, that it's not just repeating a lot of the time. Um, but people seem to keep enjoying them, so I'll just, you know, I'll just keep going along and, and making them. It, it seems like it's been a success so far in terms of, of views. This is one of my best months so far. We're not even halfway through. In terms of watch time, it's also pretty good. Uh, subs, not as much. Um, still been kind of on the downward trend on those. Would like to get to 400 sometime soon. But you know what? I'm not complaining. It doesn't matter because people are watching my stuff. They're liking my stuff, and I'm happy with that. I really am. I feel satisfied. I feel happy. 
and uh, you know what, I'm good, and I'm probably going to record more of them as soon as I'm done recording this podcast episode, but I don't want to abandon Aiden on Anchor. <laughs> I don't want to abandon my Twitch streams or monthly Battle League or anything else, and it's like, I really want to keep everything I promise and deliver on those promises, and that's tough because I do so many things, but uh, I think about that a lot. I think about you know, not putting up a 30 for 30, how people are going to react to that. I think about not uploading an Aiden on Anchor when I say I'm going to. I, I think about me not Twitch streaming and, you know, me not doing a video when I promised. And it's just like, I worry a lot of the time that eventually, as I continue to do this sort of stuff, if I promise so many things that never come out, eventually people are just going to stop caring. And I don't want to get to the point when people stop caring. Because if that happens then I'm really screwed, you know, because then I don't have, you know, I, I can make all the promises I want, but if no one's actually going to care or watch about it anymore, then, then it's, then, then it's useless. So like there, there are going to be points when I, when I make promises about things that just aren't going to happen. And you can probably tell, um, based on the scope of the project and when I say it's going to come out, but, uh, there's a couple of things I can, I can really do to sort of help that. And the, and the first thing is to not make promises. <laughs> Set expectations low, all right? And this is this is for any YouTuber or for any anybody who's working in a creative field. Like, you do not have to announce everything you do to the world. I know that seems like the natural instinct. I know social media pressures us into doing that a lot of the time. You feel like we need to let everybody in the world know about a project before it's done. But trust me, you don't because you'll end up biting yourself in the ass later when you can't actually deliver on it. Because, like, guess what? The, the the dopamine in your brain is the same for announcing a project as it is to actually releasing one. Uh, they've done studies on this. You get the same rush, the same rush of dopamine and happiness by announcing a project than actually doing it. That's crazy. Because that takes so much less work and so less so much less time to simply announce something. Uh, but it takes a lot longer to actually work on it and, and make it so like if you are going to announce something um make sure that it's like almost done or close to done make sure you have like an actual plan to get said thing done and if you can like record ahead man recording ahead is such a valuable tool that very rarely do us content creators like actually use at least in my circle to the fullest ability because like having a lot of recordings is just helpful to get shit out and to make sure you can actually stick to your promises because guess what life is going to come up and it's going to ruin all your perfect plans and you're going to think to yourself man uh fuck i i, I said i was going to do all these things but i couldn't but like that's still your fault <laughs> still your fault i don't care if you have a job i don't care if you were busy that day i don't care what like it was my fault that, that that 30 for 30 did not come out yesterday. As much as I'd like to blame Mother's Day and, 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 and you know, brunch and all the food and, and traveling around, like, ultimately, ultimately, none of those excuses actually matter because I could have planned ahead, recorded it, and edited it earlier when I had free time. I wouldn't have had much free time, and the episode might not have been amazing, but I could have done it. I absolutely could have done it. And uh, I think the same is doubly true for anything from, like, Let's Play channels, especially. Like, please record ahead on that because, you know, to even be noticeable, you kind of have to be, like, uploading daily, sometimes even twice daily. And when you have that much content coming out in a short period of time, it really does benefit you to actually have, like, a backlog of shit ready to go. 
Um, PC Bloodmaster is a good example of, like, somebody who really knows what they're doing in terms of that aspect, where, like, Homie, like, records a lot of videos before they actually come out. He's working on a Breath of the Wild series, and his goal for that is literally to record the whole thing, work on the intro and the, and the, and the thumbnails before it actually comes out and then release them as it goes on. And I know, like, projects like that can seem a little bit uninteresting, because, like, you don't get to record as it's getting uploaded, so you'll have no idea if it's successful or not. Uh, but if you're small, you shouldn't be worrying about that in the first place. <laughs> like, who cares what people are going to think about your early series? The important thing is that you're recording, improving, and maintaining a level of consistency in a schedule. Like, the, 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 the privilege to record, like as it's going out is something really only for bigger channels who can afford to do that. Uh, you are not in that situation. Um, the majority of people, everybody listening to this is not in that situation where they have the privilege to just record and upload the day of. It really is important to actually record ahead because getting content out is, is far more important than like trying to be on the pulse of whatever your audience might think. And, uh, that just doesn't help you when your audience is only 10 to 20 people if you only have 300 subs or 400 subs or a thousand like you really <laughs> you know you can't be getting comfortable like that so um i don't know why i went on that tangent i guess it's just something i've, I've really learned in the process of doing 30 for 30 is that hey recording ahead it's important you guys got to do it just just fucking just do it like shia labeouf once said just do it i'm gonna drink some water because i noticed my voice is getting a little raspy mm, mm, mm. now that's some hydration we actually didn't have my bottled water for a couple of days at the house and so i had to resort to using tap water and let me tell you ugh, none of that yeah, i don't get people who stand tap water i mean like yeah it's free i get it don't have to pay for it um, but unless you got a Brita filter on that bitch, um, I'm not drinking your tap water. That's just that's just a fact of the matter. I don't care. I've, I've heard too many Flint, Michigan stories to know that your tap water is not as good as you think it is. And chances are there's going to be some form of contaminant in there, whether it's dangerous like lead or, you know, whatever. Or if it's something less dangerous, I don't care not taking the risk on your your special water especially especially if your ass lives in a big city you especially don't need to be drinking the tap water like that's that's a, a recipe for fucking like screwing over your your internal organs and just rotting away like do not do not trust the city's tap water of all things if you got groundwater and you live in a country like go ahead man i get it it's still not what i would do but i at least understand it big cities have no excuse get yourself a an actual brita filter uh, I know they're expensive, but you make the purchase one time, and you put it on there, and you're good. And that's it. And that's it. And then you can save money and not have to buy a bottle of water. But for me, don't have money for no Brita filter. So I'm just going to buy bottled water instead because I, I like the taste a little bit more. It's water, I know. There's no actual taste to it. But to me, there is a discernible difference. Uh, whether you call that being pretentious or not... <laughs> It's up to you, but, uh, yeah, I've been having to drink tap water and like those little water flavor pack things. Sometimes I put in some of those and the, I had like a, an orange one that was pretty good and like a berry one that was pretty good, but only really with ice because turns out like 
tap water is very hard to get like really cold or it's too cold i don't know i feel like the temperature is even off at that point and maybe it's just my tap water but like again i've heard too many horror stories like i, I don't how how on earth in a, in a flint michigan like world we live in do do some people still be like yeah i'll trust the tap water don't do it don't do it it's nasty <laughs> if you got to do it you got to do it i mean i'm not you know if you're poor yeah do what you got to do but Otherwise, get yourself a bird filter. I can buy you a bird filter. I can't because I don't have money. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, I guess the final thing I want to talk about is I've um, been putting together the last pieces of my Disney VHS collection. Uh, I got a couple of movies, including Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Finally got that one. I got The Case for Melody Time. Finally got that one. That one was hype. Uh, I've had just the loose VHS of it like in my closet for a while, and now it actually has a case on the shelf with everything else and uh even got make my music which is kind of the movie that came before melody time but it's still the same format and stuff i got that one and now i am only one away the final movie in my disney vhs collection uh, is saludos amigos and i ordered it off of ebay for six dollars and fifty cents and it's coming and once it's here i'll have the entire disney 2d hand-drawn vhs collection in my closet and then I can finally start watching the rest of them, recording the rest of them, and giving you my in-depth reviews and thoughts. I'd say I've recorded maybe about a third of all those movies um, digitally, and maybe about like an, uh, a sixth or so of them have actually been reviewed on a non-acre. But in terms of physically collecting them and having them, once Saludos Amigos arrives, uh, it'll be the last film, and I'll put it on the shelf. And I might even do some pictures of it on Twitter because I'm really... I'm really happy with how the collection turned out. It's nice to have physical cases and all the movies together in chronological order. I've even ordered them, you know, and they look so nice up on the closet. And, uh, yeah, they're really cool. They're all really cool. I, I thought about, <laughs> I actually thought about potentially continuing the collection by getting all the cases to be part of one collection because, uh, Disney, in case you didn't know, re-released a lot of their films on VHS multiple times. So there's like a masterpiece collection. There's a gold collection. And, you know, I thought about matching all the cases together for them to look similar. But I don't care that much, honestly. I don't want to like go hunting for a lot of that. I, I've had fun hunting for these. But this journey has taken me about four years. And I'm happy to, to finally be at the end. Uh, Goodwill has been huge and in, in speeding along that process. I got the majority of them at Goodwill for 50 cents or so. Uh, the la the latest ones I've had to get from eBay. And even then, I've only been paying maybe 4 5 $6 for those films. So that was good. In fact, Melody Time, I believe I got for three fifty, which was also pretty good. More expensive than Goodwill, to be sure, but not as much. Um, I got a couple of them from McKay's, which is this bookstore, like, movie place that I've talked about before on the podcast. And then I even got a couple from my uh, Aunt Stacy, who kept hers, kept her collection. And she didn't have everything, but she had a couple of missing pieces, uh, some better cases. I got Hunchback from her specifically, and now it's up there, um, on there. And so it's all just kind of come together from all these sort of places, uh, even my granddad's, I believe. And so now having it all together... I can I can watch them and enjoy them and who knows if I ever need money I could potentially sell them because apparently people are selling complete collections of these on VHS I don't know why uh, but they're charging a good bit like not a ton of money but like you know enough money to where like if I need a little pick me up that'd be a pretty quick and easy way 
And that's not even counting all the VHSs that aren't Disney main 2D drawn films. I have a couple of... Ooh! That was a burp. Sorry about that. <laughs> I have a couple of, like, uh, Fox animated features. I have a couple of Warner Brothers specific stuff. Um, some Muppet movies. I'm still going to be looking for some Muppet movies. So the VHS collecting is not, like, 100% over. But the main reason I started it was to get those films. And now I'll have them. So... That's cool. I just figured I'd update you on the saga, let you know that the, the collecting part of it was almost done and that I want to uh, start watching them and reviewing them soon. It'll probably be like after May, once 30 for 30 is over and like all said and done with. But uh, when it does happen, I'll, you know, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll talk about some more films on 8 on Anchor because I really motherfucking enjoy it. But I think that'll be it for this episode of the show. Uh, there won't be an April movie roundup, um, in case you're wondering, because I did not watch that many films in April. Uh, I figured I'd go ahead and mention it at the end of this podcast in case people were asking me, uh, so I'm not going to do it. If you do want to hear one, though, check out the Jay the Zoomster podcast, because he's going to be doing his, and, uh, he actually interviewed me on his podcast as well. That was a ton of fun. I had a, I had a blast doing it, and you should go check out that interview, in case you want to know about my YouTube background, um, the process behind 30 for 30 and making it, why I chose the name 30 for 30, that's revealed in that podcast, as well as the video that I'm least proud of. So a lot of good information there. Just search the Jay the Zoomster podcast. You can find it on Anchor in a bunch of different places. And uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it if you go check it out. Maybe watch a couple of his other episodes as well. They're really good. But that'll do it for Aiden on Anchor, episode 52. If you uh, like this podcast, go ahead and please, if you can rate it on any of the podcast platforms that you're listening to this to, please do so. Leave a review. That helps as well. Maybe share it with a couple of friends. People are still listening to this, but we can always get more. It's possible. And if you want to support the podcast, there's a little support button on Anchor. And uh, supporting it keeps the podcast going. Keeps it live. Keeps it consistent. Keeps it fresh. It keeps me having motivation to do it. Thank you to all the lovely people who support it, including good friend Jay the Zoomster and Carrie Knight. A lot of that money um, went to some Disney VHS stuff, so you'll be happy to know that I'm spending my money responsibly, as always. But, uh, yeah, I've been Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye-bye, everybody.